Today on Locked On Red Wings, one key mistake costs Detroit. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Uh, guys, obviously, Red Wings fall two to one to the Carolina Hurricanes. Less than ideal outcome, yeah. Uh, but we're 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 going to talk about the whole thing in the bulk majority of this episode, as well as get to a Philadelphia Flyers preview at the end. Before we get into any of that, Scotty, first of all, hello, how are you? Happy Friday! Happy Friday, baby. Yeah. Friday. Um, well, I mean, what a hockey game! Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what a hockey game! Well, yes. Before we get into the game itself, I think it's probably apt to like do quick injury updates for anyone who hasn't heard. Uh, Dylan Larkin did skate at practice today wearing a non-contact jersey. Um, Derek Lalone said in his media availability that the earliest Larkin could play is the game on Monday, but they think that that might be uh, a little on the overly optimistic side. But they think sometime next week or by the latest next weekend, uh, from what I took away, what I interpreted, would be when they think he's going to come back, but he's working his way back. Just seeing him on the ice, even in a non-contact Jersey, he just is like, does so much for like lifting the spirits of the fan base. Like, Oh my God. Like he's skating. Like he is alive. And indeed I won't say, okay, but in one piece. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, <clears throat> it, it definitely does a lot. It was good to see him out there. Um, yeah. The, you know, earliest Monday, that's like, objectively true i'm pretty sure that's the day he's eligible to come off the ir so like yes i think he's <laughs> like eligible I'm... on saturday but he's not going to right oh okay sure retroactive right yeah, retroactive so, to last saturday so that'd be seven yeah. days so there you go um yeah I, I don't i don't expect him to come back on monday but if we get him back at any point next week i think that's a win yes i mean this team's in pure survival mode right now jt comfer also practice in regular uniform. Dude, yeah. Practice full contact. Psych. Just kidding. Took part in line rushes as the center of Kane and Debrinket. Uh, Costin was out there as well, but didn't take part in line rushes. He was also in f- a full participant. And so you're like, hey, we're, we're getting at least one of these two guys back. And like Scotty just said, psych. Nah, uh, find out they're out again. But Comfort's very close. They think that they think that he should be ready by Saturday. And I hope that that is true because this team desperately needs one of their two top two centers back and in a, in a very desperate way. And we saw that rear its ugly head again in the game against the Carolina hurricanes, a game that was for once very low scoring two to one uh, was the final score between the two teams. Obviously Carolina came out on top Scotty, as we get into this episode now or this game rather, I'm going to keep doing this. It's going to be our new thing. What's the one word you would use? to express your feelings towards this game or the one word you would use to explore and explain this game? Um, this is not one word. 
Dude, put a hyphen <laughs> in between. Put a hyphen in between. It still counts. It, uh, how about IDK? <laughs> like genuinely, like I, I don't know, man. I, it's this this game has so many like variables to it. It's really hard to have like one concrete, uh, like emotion or feeling for me. Like this is a presumably good Hurricanes team, but if the season ended today, they would not be in the postseason. They've struggled this season. Um. Huso played great, but he had one, like, awful mistake. Uh, they fought hard and kept a game close without their two best centers and three of their best players. Uh, like, you, you still, again, as I've been saying throughout this entire stretch, like, at the end of the season, it all counts the same, though. Like, you, it's still a loss. You, you, uh, you, you dropped both points. Like, it's just... There's there's a lot of, of variables, a lot of moving parts. I don't even know how I feel about this game. I I genuinely I I don't know. I don't even know if I have an answer to that question. Yeah, I mean, my word I was going to use is actually one word, but still in the same spirit as yours. Conflicted. Yeah, sure. Uh, because of pretty much everything you just said, they fought hard didn't get a lot of results to show for it. I mean, they were still absolutely dominated in this hockey game pretty much through and through, you know, yeah. five on like just outshot attempted by a large margin. Carolina hurricanes had all of the quality scoring chances for the most part, uh, face-offs. They dominated. They, it, it was hurricanes game all day long, yet it was two to one in large part. And mostly because of Billy Huso's performance, this is probably I'm struggling right now, but my memory is very short term. Like you asked me tomorrow what I thought about this game. And I'll be like, oh, there was a game yesterday. Um, but this may be Billy Huso's best performance of the season, unless there's one that I'm forgetting that was even better for him. Uh, he was absolutely phenomenal. And was really he good. was the reason it was two to one. And I mean that in a good sense and in the bad sense, like this game could have gotten out of hand so much worse if not for all of the clutch saves Villahuso did because Carolina had pressure and puck possession and offensive zone possession the entire game. Yet it was two to one because he made a dumb, costly error in the defensive zone and Jordan Stahl capitalized. So I think that's where the bulk of my confliction comes from. Confliction, conflictedness, confliction, right? Yeah. That's where the bulk of my confliction comes from is because Vilya Huso was so good. And the reason why Derek alone ran it back with Vilya Huso is because he praised Vilya Huso's third period against St. Louis and gave him the credit of winning the Red Wings that hockey game because he was lights out in the third and he was lights out in this hockey game. He faced what 37 shots against and only allowed two goals. But that second goal he allowed is just that patented Vilya Huso softy that we harp on. And so like on one, it's just like I said, just to circle back to it, conflicted because he played so, so, so good. But that one mistake he made was the difference maker. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, this is a, a game where I, I think you take a lot of good out of what, like, Huso did while also realizing that the, like, it, it, it's, the, the wording is so tricky because, like, you you don't want to say he cost them the game. Like, he only allowed two goals and he was great. But, like, he had one, like, catastrophic mistake that was the go-ahead goal and that ended up being the final score, even if it wasn't 
even in the third period, right? We had a whole period to try to like get the equalizer and whatever. It's it, it's uh it's a it was a weird game with a lot of I I like the word conflicting emotions and thoughts uh, in this one for sure. Yeah, and I mean the other part of this too, right, Scotty, is that this team without Larkin and Comfer down the middle. Oh my um, favorite stat. Just really struggle to get offense going um oh, at least in this game the face-off circle but well yeah. in the face-off circle as well like everywhere right like you add larkin and confer back to this lineup especially larker who larker <laughs> i'm combining their names larkin who is a bona fide game changer right like he is a number one center in this league multi-time all-star he was on pace for like 95 points before he got knocked out like this is a guy who this team needs. You add him back in the lineup, and this 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 game could go so much differently for the Red Wings. And so when you see the Red Wings really struggle to generate offense in this game, which this is the first game without Dylan Larkin where they've struggled to really generate offense, right? Like they've put in three against a very good Dallas team, and they put up what six against the St. Louis Blues. But in games like Carolina, who play you so tough and don't give you any room to breathe, a player like Dylan Larkin is the difference maker, and not having him hurts you as well. So that's another point of confliction for me, right? Like the Red Wings did a very good job of makes keeping it two to one on large part because of Billy Huso, but also they couldn't get any offense going, man. They couldn't get any offense going, but it's hard to like really harp on it because you're still, you're missing your two best centers. It's just, yeah. I mean, it's hard for, for us to like, I don't know, go super, uh, just like have this like super prolonged conversation in regards to the lack of offense when like everyone is very aware of like why the offense was was weak. Like you are again, you're missing three of your better players, <laughs> like uh, your best player, and then like two of your better players and your two best centers, and like it, it's very hard for like you said, it's really hard to like rag on them or like get you know, super down or, or anything like that about the lack of offense and, and like they lost and that sucks because they had every opportunity to win it. And there was a couple of mistakes that, that cost him the game. Andrew yeah. Cobb's penalty at the end was terrible. Like that's, that's another thing that this team is, is again, like we talk True. about it all the time. Like they are, they, they always have the worst timed penalties you will ever see. And like, they continue that trend. Like who so allowed his softy, like, there, there's a lot of things that didn't go right in this game. It's just the the over – it's like a cloud, like, over the game. Like you can talk about whatever you want, but you have to have in the back of your mind the whole time, like, they're without Larkin, Perron, and Comfer. Like, yeah. it's, that's, that's, that's going to be an uphill battle no matter who they play. Absolutely. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break. We're heading into segment two. We're, when we come back, you, you mentioned the penalty to cop, and I want to talk – I want to address both – uh, officiating, and I'm not going to blame the officiating for the loss, but it's just the, the soft calls are getting infuriating. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, but also, Andrew Kopp, I want to talk about Michael Rasmussen, that it is 100th career point, lone goal in this game. Talk about that as well in segment two of Lockdown Red Wings. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about game time. You know, you wanted to go to this hockey game, Scotty, because I know you did. I know you did. Of course. But, you know, you went and you were browsing through the apps and, God, you just you couldn't find a ticket that gave you the true price. But that's because you weren't using game time. 
Game time doesn't rookie have mistake any on my part. rookie mistake. I mean, I always knew you were kind of dumb, but come on now. Well, you know, this is fabricated because I would never not use game time. That's true. That's true. I was fabricating a story right there because Scotty, in fact, is not dumb. He's a very intelligent person. He is a writer, in fact. Calm down on all fronts there. But <laughs> You know, I tore you down. Now I got to pump you back up again. I don't I need your self-confidence high. Just like your confidence using game time will be very high because they don't have any of those pesky hidden fees. They're the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from the seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total up front, and you know exactly what you're getting with a great deal and without hidden fees. Buy tickets in two seconds with two taps, and they're always obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, hockey, concerts, comedy, so much more. I bet you if Allison had used game time to get her Eras Tour tickets, she'd have saved a lot of money. She I'm, right. I'm just saying, guys. Uh, with Zone Deals, you pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code Locked on NHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Um, I don't know if that transition played or not. So <laughs> if it – because on it my end – It played on my end. It played yeah. on my end. So – if it flashes like three times for you guys, just know that's because it didn't show up for me. Uh, I apologize for that. Uh, sometimes, sometimes these streaming services, uh, they, they jank up on you. But anyways, you mentioned the the penalty against Andrew Kopp before he went into break, Scotty. And, you know, the officiating, I don't, I'm not one of those guys who wants to blame officiating ever like too aggressively because it goes both ways, right? And the Red Wings actually have drawn, I, I believe I saw the statistic. I don't have it up in front of me right now, and I'm really sorry, but I know the Red Wings are at least top five in the league for penalties drawn. And a lot of that has to come with Lucas Raymond, who draws they were a ton really of close to the top for a while. Yeah. So I don't want to, like, come on here and blame officiating for the Red Wings' loss. But the number of very soft calls, and I know I've, I've raved about the slashing penalties in the past, but the last few games in particular, the high stickings in particular, I know obviously the Andrew Kopp one was a, a, a trip in which he just made, like he tried to take the guy to the boards and the guy spun away and fell. I just, whatever. Uh, it just has been increasingly frustrating to watch because this Red Wings team is playing these games so tight most of the time that these penalty kills and, and their penalty kill has been struggling. Of course, this game, they go three for three on the penalty kill. It's just really frustrating, especially these high stickings that the Red Wings keep getting called on. The Debrinkit oh one early on in the game where he, by the way, the broadcast is like, oh, yeah, you see it there on the follow-through. I'm sorry. I thought if it was a high stick on a follow-through, it wasn't a penalty. I know for a fact. I can't remember the game, but I know for a fact the Red Wings had a power play called back because the high sticking on the Red Wings player occurred on a follow through. And they're like, well, it's on a follow through. It's not a high sticking to was doing exactly that and got called for it. And I'm just like, dude, Let they know, it. I just, I just get really frustrated. And again, I'm not saying this is the reason they lost the game. The Red Wings had three power plays themselves and they couldn't convert. 
it just gets increasingly frustrated when you see these soft calls get made and yet you see players get absolutely destroyed from behind along the boards and then they'll be like no call it just and i'm not just talking about the red wings i mean we've seen it across the league in this last weekend right like what evander kane did um a cousins did on the Panthers, like stuff like that. I mean, a lot of times worst case scenario, it's a, it's a minor penalty. It's just, it, I'm increasingly frustrated by the priority in which the calls are being made. Yes. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, I don't disagree with anything you said. Um, it's uh, it, it becomes even more frustrating when a, a lot, the Red Wings just in general, and this is not like a, a like it's the ref's fault thing. It's just this season, the wings have been super like undisciplined and have had an incredible amount of extremely poorly timed penalties. And so it it just really seemed like, like an avalanche thing, right? Like a snowball effect. It was like, all right, of course. Like, of course, that's, <laughs> of course, that, that, you know, the cop thing, of course, that's happening right now because that's what's been happening all year. So, um, yeah, man, I, I don't disagree with anything you said. Just, a, a, you know, like I said, a snowball effect really there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a perfect talking about the penalties is a perfect transition into talking about the power plays and penalty kills. Uh, this is a bit of an inverse of a game for the Red Wings on the special teams, right? Their penalty kill has been struggling of late. Uh, they are like 22nd, 23rd in the league in penalty kill now, something like a 77 completion percentage coming into the game. I have it up actually in front of me here. Yeah, 77.4 completion percentage, 23rd in the league before this game was played. So you're thinking, okay, their power play is going to do work. The penalty kill is not. <laughs> and that, that was not what happened. The penalty kill went four for four which was fantastic to see because they need to bolster those numbers. And it looked really good. Now they were scrambling a little bit at times. That's going to happen when you're on the penalty kill, but they made clutch clears when they had to. But on the other hand, the power play, they could not break into the zone. And that was, that was the case also during, you know, five on five as well. But the hurricanes did such a good job of stifling zone entries. And they had a few good opportunities on the power play, but just really nothing going for the red wings. It felt like the hurricanes were another team that kind of just knew their schematic on passing, like all the cross cleats, uh, the sticks and lanes were a thing all game. I thought the Hurricanes did such a good job at stick in the lane. Red Wings get a chance on uh, Odd Man Rush. If the Red Wings get a chance on a power play or pass across the crease, stick in the lane. Stick in the lane. The Hurricanes are a really tough opponent for the Red Wings, and it's been that way for a while. Yeah, very, uh, very tough schematically. I think uh, I think you said something similar before we went on air here, but like they are systemically like they are just like what the wings are striving to be or at least like very close to what the wings are striving to be and so seeing that and again obviously the wings have had a really good offensive season this year and and whatnot so it's certainly is not a a one for one but I think Lalone really wants that kind of defensive system and the Hurricanes do really well even though obviously this season has been a struggle, I guess we'll say for them overall, this is still a very, very tough opponent for the Detroit Red Wings. And I think for everybody, to be completely mm-hmm. honest with you, uh, if, if you can't find the back of the net, it's hard to win against anybody. You kept an obvious statement, but especially this team, when you, you usually don't need a ton of goals to get over the hump there, 
makes it even more frustrating when you don't. Absolutely. Uh, we got to get to another uh, break. And when we come back in segment three, you talk, you mentioned about the system there. And I, I want to bring that up as to another reason why the Red Wings got kind of dominated throughout this game. Uh, on top of the fact that they lost a lot of faceoffs and didn't have their top two centers. So stay tuned to segment three of Lockdown Red Wings. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Yeah, Scotty, you mentioned there about the, the system that the Hurricanes play and how good they are defensively. And yeah, they're they're literally six defensemen deep. Like, And they talked about that on the broadcast as well. Just the amount of the talent this de- defense has is so well distributed. You know, they have obviously guys like Dimitri Orlov, Brent Burns, a little bit past their prime, but in their prime were some of the best defensemen in the game, but also still very effective now. You know, they, they're also running 11 forward 7D in this game, much like the Red Wings are. Zach Aston Reese was Zach Aston Reese was scratched again for Detroit. Um, you know, D'Angelo, I have thoughts on D'Angelo off the ice, but on the ice, he's an effective defenseman. Sla- Slavin's re- very good. Like they are a 6D deep. Yet they still like they don't have that they don't have that Kale McCarr guy they don't have the Adam Fox guy they don't have the Queen Hughes guy but they're just six very talented defensemen deep but where they really get you right is in the way they play offense they are a suffocating forechecking team and that's a style that the Red Wings also want to be and so the Red Wings struggle in this game because the Carolina Hurricanes have been doing this for years the best defense is a good offense right. Um, I know the saying goes the other way around, but in this case, that's how the Carolina Hurricanes do it. Like the reason why their defense also looks so good and the reason why their goalies historically, I know this year, I mean, uh, Kochetkov was very good in this hockey game and he was good against the senators the other night. Um, I know that Anderson's been rough this year for them, uh, but historically the goalies have always looked very good because Carolina does a great job insulating their goaltending. And part of that is because they're six defensemen deep, but they play such an aggressive forecheck in the offensive and in the defensive zone that it doesn't give teams time to think. There was a point in the first or second period where they posted the time of possession. Yeah. The, the Hurricanes had 10 minutes of possession to the Red Wings five. And that's because yeah. they forecheck so aggressively that the Red Wings like didn't have time to think, didn't have time to break out. And the Red Wings really like to take their time in the defensive zone, something that the Hurricanes weren't giving them time to do. And if you're the Red Wings, a lot of your success comes off a very similar style of forecheck. You haven't perfected it yet. You're not good at it 60 minutes a night. And I think that the Carolina Hurricanes are probably a little bit, I don't know, looking at the roster. They're just a very deep team. They don't have any like bona fide superstars on their roster. But they just they play this system very well, a system that the Red Wings hope to replicate one day. And the Red Wings draw penalties because they play an aggressive forecheck. They play aggressive forecheck that suffocates opponents. And so her teams' feet stop moving or they get desperate and they, they draw a power play for the Red Wings that they capitalize on. The reason the Red Wings only had three power plays is because they are the team that was on their heels the whole time. The Red Wings couldn't play their game because the Hurricanes were playing their game that same game just uh, much better. 
So much I mean, better. That's, that's <laughs> what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. Obviously that's, uh, that's kind of what I was alluding to before the break there, but um, I don't know. I, I, I just, this game is, is like, it, it is, is what, what it is, is. I, which is like super not like, you know what I mean? Like that's super not what like I, I, I want to go for. That's not what I want to feel after a, a loss, but it's, it's just, it's really tough, man. This is a really, it's just a tough stretch, brutal stretch for the wings. It's a tough stretch playing without your two best centers, one of which is your captain, and you're just trying right. to survive right now. You're trying to steal points where you can, and this was a night you couldn't. Um, in other news, so Joey Poison led the team in minutes against Scotty in this hockey game. Uh, he had 22 minutes and 24 seconds of ice time in this game, 27 shifts, most out of any player on the team. Uh, but unfortunately, unlike the game against St. Louis, he did not dominate in the faceoff circle. He went two wins, 11 losses. So right. you talk about how the Red Wings got dominated in the faceoff circle. Joe Valeno got exposed in the faceoff circle. And I'm not taking a shot at Valeno. He's been very good, and he stepped up in a big way. One of the big, one of the biggest players to step up since Larkin and Confer's injuries. But rough game for him. Rough game yeah. for him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can kind of – Go down the list, really. Everybody that that wasn't cop, um, yeah, man. I I don't know. I uh, obviously I talk about face off percentage all the time, and it's my favorite stat. And I think it's uh, an incredibly underrated and, and underrated and underlooked part of the game. And like the the biggest the the biggest events that highlighted that and that point in this hockey game was any time the wings started off in the offensive zone and like a couple of times they started off in the offensive zone and were on the power play lost the draw cleared there goes 20 seconds you know what i mean like it, it's just that is that's that's so killer it's so killer and uh and especially in a game where you're down one goal for so long then you're desperately just trying to find any way to get sets, right? Because you're also going up against a team that it is very difficult to enter the offensive zone against and play such an aggressive forecheck. Like you said, you really need to take advantage of face-offs in the offensive zone. You need to, and the wings just couldn't. Uh, I, I know we talked about it a little bit earlier, like cop was, was what did you say before we got on air? 50% like, that he he, he was fifty percent in this game. He was he's fifty two percent on the season. Yeah, yeah, but fifty percent in the game. Yeah, nine for eighteen, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, man, like the outside of him, I mean, it was it was really really tough. And again, you're mess, missing your two best centers, so it's hard to be like, wow, this is like a huge issue. Well, it's like not as big of an issue when we have literally our our one C and two C, but. Uh, it definitely was a big highlighted issue in this hockey game for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're around the 26 minute mark and, uh, we haven't yet talked about the one goal score. The Red Wings did have and Michael Rasmussen, uh, absolute rocket of a shot. Red Wings took advantage of a bad turnover by the hurricanes as they tried to exit their zone. Jonathan Bergeron with the strip, the takeaway, uh, giving it to Andrew Kopp, who we were just talking about, feeds Rasmussen, who wires it home, his 100th career point, his eighth point in the last seven games. So despite the fact that, you know, 
I don't know. I'm speaking of conflicted. Rasmussen is a character I'm very conflicted on right now uh, because I feel like despite the fact that he's got eight points in seven games, I feel like off the puck or outside of the points he's been putting up, which sounds hypocritical, he's been less than stellar. I don't know how to explain it. I feel like he hasn't been impactful away from the puck, which is what I want out of a guy like Rasmussen. But he's got eight points in seven games. He's hot right now. I saw it's like, I feel like I can't complain too much. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I, I also think he's playing. Uh, he, he was a casualty of the increase in depth, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you went out and you signed 11 free agents and traded for another player, right? Like you, you, there are some players that were relatively unaffected, unaffected by the big influx of depth on this team. Michael Rasmussen certainly was one of the people that was, I think, pretty greatly impacted just on role and standing and ice time, et cetera, um, versus last year. I think that he probably more so than most, to be honest, uh, was kind of affected by that. So um, I don't know, but he's on a heater right now. Good for him. And uh, yeah, hopefully he can keep it up because he certainly got off to a little bit of a slow start this year. Yeah. Um, And then the final thing in regards to this game, we got to talk about uh, Chris Drury. Got his, got got the first goal for Jack Drury. Chris Drury is an older player. Sorry. Jack Drury. What are we talking about right now? <laughs> scored the first goal for the Carolina Hurricanes on another like defensive breakdown. Another yeah. another opportunity where the Red Wings left a guy wide open back door with no one. Uh both and this time, you know, last game when it was was it Sod who scored that goal? That was yes. Roman's guy. He got caught puck Sod watching. That was yeah. what everybody tweeted. Everyone all at yeah. once tweeted the same joke yeah yeah uh this game was cider who wasn't looking wasn't keeping his head on a swivel let the guy get back door and that is it you gotta stop you gotta you gotta keep your head on a swivel you gotta look for the guy going back door and they they're yeah. not doing it well and again like i i thought Huso played really well in this game outside of the one egregious error so right and that's the, the egregious error was egregious so i don't know anyways right. we gotta we, we gotta move on we're already probably over time um Scotty, Red Wings play the Flyers on Saturday, Saturday. 7 o'clock in Philadelphia. Uh, Flyers off to a really good start to the season. I don't even know if you can call it start to the season anymore. And we're like closing on game 30. We're closer to the halfway point than we are the beginning of the season anymore. They're 16, 10, and 3 right now, Scotty. Uh, looking really good. Currently, they are second in the Metro Division. I Listen, you're, you follow the Flyers closer than I do because you're a Carter Hart guy. I don't have any idea how they are doing this outside of just saying this is the torts effect. <laughs> yeah. I mean, torts. it's uh, say whatever you will about torts, I guess. Um, yeah. I mean, like Konechny's having a, a fantastic season. That's been a big yeah. plus for them. Uh, he's already closing in on 20 goals, I believe. Um, and it's yeah, like I, I think the, the big thing here is honestly just like, defense defense like that has been a huge thing for philly this entire year this team is 20th in the nhl in goals scored um but they're top 10 in goals against they're top five in penalty kill like they they have a a good defensive system they don't allow too many shots they certainly don't allow too many goals obviously i talk about how much i uh, i like carter hart all the time uh he's had like a fine season but like goaltending uh, as we have said multiple times over the last couple of weeks is kind of down across the league i think he's right at or around 900 uh last time i looked so 
Yeah, man. I like this is uh this is a, a team that you should be able to outscore for sure. But again, you're not going to go in fully healthy and they play a really good defensive game. So like this is very far from a gimme. And then we also don't even have to bring up the Red Wings just historic woes in playing in Philly. Yeah, they're an interesting case too, right? Like I was very critical of the Tortorella hire. Uh, it didn't really work out last year. I thought this team was going to go in full teardown rebuild mode. They thought, thought they would trade off Konechny. Yeah. They thought they would trade off hard. I think they still do. I don't think long-term this is a sustainable roster. And the Torts effect is usually generally short-lived. One or two seasons, and then the team falls apart. Um, but, you know, just because it ha- it's happened everywhere else he's gone doesn't mean it'll happen this time. Uh, their special teams, their power play is not that great, but their penalty kill is excellent. They have the fifth best penalty kill in the league, which again, just lends to what you're talking about. This team's defense, uh, 86% on the penalty kill, but their power play on the other hand is not nearly as good. Uh, they are 28th in power play and 20th in goals for. Yeah. So they, they 10%, 10.9%. So this is actually a kind of a good matchup for the Red Wings. When you think about it. You know, your power play against their very good penalty kill, you'll see what comes out on top. Uh, they have a, you need help boosting your penalty kill. It's two games in a row, by the way. I don't think the Red Wings have given up a power play goal, which is fantastic as that penalty kill is needed, the boost, and hopefully the Flyers provide another boost to get that back trending in the right direction. Um, but Red Wings are a high-powered offense playing against a team that, you know, again, connecting, and they do have some good depth scoring as well. Uh, guys like Cody, Cochier, uh, and Sanheim both have 21 points in 27 and 29 games played as well as great goaltending out of Carter Hart so far this season, but they're, they're, they're not, they're not the cakewalk that people thought they were going to be this season. And I give them props for that. So if you're the Detroit Red Wings, I mean, again, if you get JT Comfort back, that'll be a huge help. Uh, but you're going to have to go out there and just you try and play your game. Hurricanes didn't let you play your game. You got to try and play your game again against the Philadelphia Flyers. Agreed. Do you think we see Lion? I think we see Lion. I don't know. You know what? I don't know because Huso had such a good game outside that one egregious error. Maybe they run it back with him. Maybe. Because Lalone loves riding the hot hand, and I know he's going to say that Huso was fantastic in this game. So it might be Huso again with a with a day of rest in between. We'll see. You're right. Anyways, you got any final thoughts, bro? I don't think so. We ball. We do ball. Back with a new episode on Monday, recapping this game against the Philadelphia Flyers. So stay tuned for that. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.